You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, today is September 12th at 4 a.m. for me in Seoul, and it is September 11th in New York, where Brittany Bigelow is recording, and it is 9 a.m. in Copenhagen, where my guest this morning, Camelia Elias, is. Isn't technology amazing? It connects the world. Um my name is Tanya Pinkins, and you're listening to You Can't Say That. Um, wow. We are... Oops, there goes my alarm to te- let me know that it was time to do this. So um, in June, I think it was, I signed up for a class called Wealth with Carolyn Elliott. And as part of that class, we were asked to, for one year, to pull a tarot card from Aleister Crowley's Thoth Tarot. And what surprised me about being a part of this wealth community is that it was an introduction to areas of spirituality, magic that just I never encountered in my over 50 years on the planet. And pulling the tarot and reading about the tarot, it just doesn't have any meaning to me. My only experience with tarot was, you know, girlfriends at parties, we'd play with the tarot. But what I will say is as a child, probably in like grammar school, that's like first to eighth grade, I read about something called an augury. And it's never left me. And what I understood an augury to mean was that if you could know everything about one thing, because of the connection of all things in the universe, you could know something about everything else in the universe. And so in my trying to understand these cards that I've been pulling every day, um, I began, uh, I think Carolyn actually mentioned that Camelia Elias, is that correct? Camelia, am I saying the right thing? Yes. (laughs) Welcome, Camelia Elias, um, who is, you know, my guest today. And I want to say that I, I, she's written a dozen books. 
more than a dozen books um, about literature, about logic, about thinking. She's a painter. She's a, a creative. She's a diviner. And in in preparing to um, to have this conversation with her, I have had a number of readings with her. One of my favorites is her haiku readings. Poetry always goes over my head, but I love the elegance and beauty of her haikus. And it's often after the fact that I go back and go, oh my God, that haiku completely matched what, what was going on in the moment. Um, so welcome, Camelia. I want to know about your, your early life in Romania. What allows you to have this connection with, to me, if you're reading cards, it's an augury and you're connecting with something beyond this moment. So please tell me how you come <laughs> to this life and this, this wisdom. <laughs> this wisdom, yeah. <laughs> something to aim for. Well, uh, first of all, thank you so much for the invite. You know, it's like, oh, well, I'm doing what today? Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of the world, you know, the world is small. Uh, and yes, uh, thank you, technology. And thank you for having me. Um, well, you know, uh, I am what you would call perhaps uh, an eclectic <laughs> in spite of um, that um, uh, one thing, you know, that you just that you just introduced here through the uh, through the idea of the auguri. You know, if you get to know one thing and if you know that one thing well, then you, it's likely that you will know everything else. So, you know... Um, what can I say? Although I am a, I'm doing a lot of different things and I've had several careers over my also over 50 years <laughs> on this planet, <laughs> um, what I'm always aiming for is actually um, to come closer to what some romantics anyway would, would describe as the thing itself, you know, or if you go the Buddhist context, you know, you have, you have a whole lot of notions there about the void or the emptiness of all things and nothingness, you know, nothing has substance. So, so, you know, so you want to know that one thing only so that you realize that you, that you are just flying through nothing. <laughs> um, so how do you get to that point? So I think maybe, in some um, canonical literature of this type, you know, the spiritual, um, people say that um, you can, you can, you can, ex you can experience walking different paths, you know, and then and then trying different uh, creative approaches to, you know, painting, to reading, to yeah, lo you mentioned logic, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I like that. <laughs> I like math, you know, for instance, in another life, I was definitely a mathematician, yeah. So, um, and I, this is one of the careers that I didn't have, uh, that I didn't have the opportunity to develop, but it's still somewhere at the back of my, of, of my head, you know. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that, you know, although you do so many things, at the end of the day, what you want to arrive at is exactly that clarity, you know, about, um, that's connected to seeing things as they are, you know, <laughs> um, seeing the thing itself, um, uh, meaning you are not inter really interested in, um, what others say, dictations, culture, you know, uh, it, um, being impressionable, you know, so for instance, in my, in my divination practice, you know, a lot of people or a lot, a lot of my clients actually expect me to embody the impressionable, you know, so what's the impression, you know, do you receive any impressions, you know, what's the psychic, you know, <laughs> and I always want to laugh, you know, because the first thing that I do is like, 
I I always tell people, well, listen, you know, I'm actually looking at uh, a visual language. I'm looking at a, 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 um, a set of cards, you know, the cardboard, you know, some images, or cartoonish in, in most cases, you know, uh, sometimes very bad art, mind you also, the tarot world is full of that. Um, so, you know, so, and, and what I say to people is that I'm not reading these cards, you know, because I'm receiving impressions, you know, <laughs> I'm reading them because there is an actual, um, there is an actual uh, set of rules, you know, so, so you read form and you read color and you, you know what the dot is and what the line is and, and, you know, you try and connect those two. So, you know, so um, the, the reason why I'm bringing this in is because when we talk about canonical literature of the spiritual kind, you know, what they all talk about is exactly this, you know, in fact, something that the logicians also talk about, you know, how you go from A to B. How do we cover that distance? Do we even have any sense of of what's there between these two points, you know? And is the line that we talk about also straight or is it crooked? Or I mean, you know, we have all sorts of uh, uh, geometries that, that already can form in our heads uh, at the perceptual level. So, you know, so given this... <laughs> this um, um, premise, you know, so the, the canonical literatures, again, the third time I'm mentioning this, what they talk about is that you you somehow, you know, if we want to believe the male sages, yeah, <laughs> some of them yeah. are okay. Uh, they say you have to have some propensity for this, you know. And I've always been interested in this because what the hell does that mean, you know, that you, that you have propensity for receiving auguries, for being interested in how we get to decode the text, you know, or, and it doesn't matter whether it's a visual text or, a, or whether it's a piece of poetry or literature or, or mass, you know, for, for, for that, for that sake, how do we, how do we connect things now? Already, you know, neuroscience is full of uh, hypotheses and, and, and theories about how we are invested in recognizing patterns, you know, I mean, I'm sure yeah. you and I, yeah. I read that when you were growing up in Romania, that it was kind of in your community, people would read just a deck of playing cards or they would read yeah. the coffee grinds. Like I just finished uh, uh, watching a, several documentaries about the Kogi people. Have you ever heard of them? No. They're uh, uh, well, one of the, the only remaining Colombian tribes, I mean, pre-Columbian tribes that survived after the Aztecs that live in the high mountains of the Sierra Madre. And part of their culture is that they take uh, several children from the time they're born and they raise them in a cave in the darkness for nine years. Oh. And they <laughs> must meditate on the mother, which is the earth, and they only learn about what's outside the cave through storytelling, but they spend their life in meditation on the mother. And, and then they come out at nine years old and they communicate with the mother and tell them how to plant, uh, where to move, you know, how to stay in touch with the way the world was made. And I was thinking about how, you know, DMT is a part of our bodies and that, the the filmmaker was imagining that they don't have any experience of anything outside, but we know that DMT allows you to access other worlds and other dimensions. So they are probably traveling in all kinds of places in that nine years that they're there, 
that allows them to connect to other things. Did that mm -hmm. happen for you that as a child, you just had a natural connection to other worlds? Mm. Well, I don't know. Maybe I could say that I was fortunate to just have a, I mainly grew up with, with my mother and uh, I have a uh, younger sister. My father died when I was, when I was eight. So that was early on. And my mother was not interested in getting married or having any other relationship. <laughs> you know, she was the type who says, oh, every, <laughs> to her, everybody was too stupid. <laughs> you know, so, so, uh, so, interested. so, you know, um, so I, I don't want to say that I was fortunate enough or how maybe I missed a lot on the other side. I have, I, there is no way to tell. Um, but I think that if I have to activate some of that early memory, you know, then I would say that, we just did stuff, you know, <laughs> like we just did things. <laughs> so although she what herself, did you do? give me a one yeah, thing, exactly, like, you know, so, so I think that if, if I appreciate something in my upbringing, it was actually this, and it was a lesson that she insisted on. So, you know, I, although we did stuff, we also talked about things, but what we, what we talked about mainly was, how the, about the significance of not assuming anything about anybody, <laughs> about the future, about the past, even you know, like how shitty or how what could the, the what ifs and what that could also have been like this and like, I mean, uh, we were not invested in that as a, a household of three women, <laughs> so we just did stuff and then uh, what came from her in in the form of wisdom because now in my in my own. Um, um, old age, almost. I'm an old hag. I say. I like to say. Um, I think about it, and at the time, I didn't, obviously, you know. But 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 it was formulated in these many words. Don't assume anything. <laughs> so okay, so that was the thing. Like okay, so if we don't assume anything, so we don't invent stories about others and what they are like and whether they like me or not. I mean that sort of stuff, right? I mean identity, like. <laughs> I mean, I want to laugh every day on it. People are so invested in identity. And I don't know. I know identity means a lot of things to many people. Um, but with this background, you know, to me, it's like, well, yeah, but w doesn't that mean that you that that you presuppose something? And as soon as you do that, you are then in danger of making the wrong assumptions. We can all make a hundred of assumptions and they all can turn out to be wrong. You know, <laughs> So that was... Um, my logician mother's um, advice, you know, that don't go there, you know. So, so what is left? So that is the thing. So if we don't assume anything about anybody, about ourselves, our future events, you know, nothing. Yeah? So we are there with the, the with the hardcore nothingness. Yeah. Uh, then what is left? And what was left was exactly that: to simply just go through the magical life and notice mm, how things would unfold. Nature, you know, we we appreciated that. So we we liked the, the wind, you know. The some some of the winds back in in Romania, they were not, it was not funny. <laughs> so you know, so mother would go on a cursing, uh, you know. <laughs> um, and then I don't know, like we we did with some small magic, or let let's stop this wind, you know. <laughs> she like folk magic, no? So so we just did that sort of thing, and and then and then. That was the life, you know. It's like so we wouldn't go around and and think things. <laughs> so if there was a thinking, it was always connected to making an observation about the way in which we would see nature would unfold, whether in the nice and 
kind way or whether in the sublime or catastrophic way or, you know, um, how is the political situation? So we were always kind of like just merely observing, you know, it's like what's happening here? So, what, so you know, it's, it, it, it was perhaps another way of, of getting close to the thing itself, you know, <laughs> like how, how is this thing? You know, what is this thing? Yeah. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Awesome. Now, from you saying that you grew up in this kind of interact with my world in this moment, you then, you know, have spent a great part of your life going into your doctorate and literature, going into people making stories about things. So yes. how do you go from this observational experience to completely stories and mostly mm-hmm. stories by old white men? You know, what drew you there? <laughs> well, you know, yes. Uh, it's a good question, but I tell you um, why I got pulled into that world. It's simply because it's it's fun. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to look at 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 ourselves. As some, you know, speaking of literature, literary critics who say, you know, the the relational self. You know, so we have a sense of our identity, who we are. What kind of degrees we get? Mind you, when I fin- when I got one doctorate, that wasn't enough. I thought, is there um, something higher than this over here in Denmark? And then somebody, and then you know, the system. The yeah, yeah, there is something higher. Okay, I also want that. <laughs> so I went ahead and I got my second doctorate. And then, but you know, it was never part of like, oh, I have to show them, <laughs> or like, who the hell are these others that I have to show anything? You know, and that includes myself, yeah, my own sense of self. I did I did it all I did all of this for fun and I really mean that fun in the sense that it's in stories you know it's fun to see how, how people think of themselves conceptually and then how that conception of themselves matches what they actually do <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think that what uh, was uh, I'm going to say something very mean you know so especially when people fail <laughs> then I get the kick out of it and I say man I mean, conceptually, there is this image, and it's like, whoa. And then I see you doing, as it were, all the wrong things, <laughs> at least from my va- vantage point. Yeah. So I think, I, oh, okay. So then I'm interested in uh, what enables that mismatch, you know, where the disconnect is. And then as soon as you get into that, then you, then you, then you ride on a detective uh, train, you know, <laughs> and then say, man, so my, the, the detective gene, if you, if there is such a thing, you know, gets activated. And then, and then I just want to know, like, who done it, you know, <laughs> what's up with this, what's up with this, um, 
this whole disconnect. Yeah. So, well, so that sounds so like psychology. Like, Did you not ever want to go into psychology? Because that surely sounds like a psychological, you know, well, thing. Yeah, now that you mention it, you know, for a number of years, I was actually the editor-in-chief of the International Journal of Psychology and the Arts, you know, <laughs> and wow. I was also the director of the of the uh, the SciArt Foundation, you know, so it's all about the cross between psychology and the arts. So, yeah, so, you know, so, and I, and I did get to, to, to study enough so that I, one could actually have <laughs> some, like, Lacanian, because that was... Freud, you know, I yeah, but I like Lacan better, you know, the the psychoanalyst uh, who, who who was a big theorist on on all things desire, yeah, language, the relationship between language and desire. So you know, so anybody out there, they, they will need a Lacanian <laughs> therapist. They will come to come to me. <laughs> I'll have some very nasty things to say. Um, so yeah, so indeed, you know, but that's the thing. So literature really. It's all about that. It's all about the psychology of of our the, um, identifying, if you like, the, the mechanisms for identification with desired persona or desired identities, you know. I mean, that's what, the, what go, makes the world go round, you know. It's like, oh, yesterday I was a, a poor girl from Romania and today I, I hold two doctorates and I, I rule the world. I don't know. <laughs> That sort of thing, yeah. So, um, so it's fa- it's fascinating to me to to see how we how we go through some of these developments of our own self, while at the same time, at least personally, while at the same time noticing also w- uh, what kind of stories I create, how do I act as a protagonist in those stories. So you know, so um, and I think that the reason why I'm having fun with that. <laughs> It's because ultimately, you know, I, I went totally zen at some point. I think in 1984, actually, it was in December, um, and I was I was speaking of men, you know. <laughs> actually, I have I'm very good friends with men, but some we are not good friends. So, so you know, I lived in this community full of religious people. Um, the Jews at some point they were in majority, and then Germans also, and the Hungarians and the Romanians were kind of like force in the in the so I grew up with this multicultural Serbs also multicultural society and I and I and I would visit just about everything so once I I was sitting in a Sanhedrin you know like literally 13 men in black you know and then I made some so-called unfortunate statements against marriage right against the venerable institution and then they called me up and then I said you can't say that speaking you can't say that <laughs> and then you know what they say in, uh, in sometimes they say so. When was your moment of enlightenment? Let's go with the Buddhist context, right? And then I said, actually, actually, I have it. I ha- I know exactly when. <laughs> so I was sitting there and then looking at these people, men, all men in black, literally in suits, because you know this was the so- somber <laughs> and very serious Sanhedrin. It was a, co- a committee, you know, of, of people. Um, and then I was there, a small girl <laughs> of 16, you know, and then I had to defend my views against marriage, right? And I and I could just see the imbalance, right? And they were very serious going against me. And then I and then I and then I just had this moment of recognizing the bullshit. <laughs> and I, I could just see like, and I thought, man, you are so full of shit. Every single one of you. 
It's like, can you please hear yourself? <laughs> so I, I actually left that that group. You know, I, I was one girl against these men, yeah. And I with that, and I said, I hope you can hear yourselves. I mean, you are here, you know, to represent a so-called institution of wisdom and all that. But I, but you are just you talk nonsense. It's a mm-hmm. horrible kind of nonsense. And then, of course, I already had some arguments because I didn't have a problem producing those. Not that they were interested in, in hearing me out. They called me out under that pretext that, yes, we want to hear you out. Okay, so I gave them a piece of my mind. But then at the same time, I also saw they were neither listening nor were they seeing me in any way. And mm. then when they had to say something, it was all just one huge, huge, you know. <laughs> So I, and then I, I just got hit by some kind of lightning, you know, and I thought, wow, whoa, wait, what is this nonsense? What is this shit? What is, what am I, what story is this that, that, that I am in? And that was my exit, you know, from, from that whole community. And then I went, I went totally Zen since then. <laughs> so, you know, so, so I'm having an, easy, an easier time because, because I, I recognized in that moment exactly what we were doing to one another, you know, so, um, and, and that was that, you know, yeah. So I have a question for the detective in you, because this is coming up all over the world right now, um, with the way technology is, you know, radicalizing people. What do you think the disconnect is between this sort of white identity superiority? What is the disconnect between their story and the reality of the world they're creating? <laughs> Yes, maybe you could turn it around and say there is no reality. It's all just a story. But of course, the story, because, you know, there are statements of self-empowerment. And if it's like, you know, in literary and media studies, we talk about uh, how an icon is being created. And the mechanism for it is is actually very, very basic. I mean, just think of, yeah, just, I don't want to go into politics as such, so let's pick another, just think of it, think of Marilyn Monroe, you know, <laughs> the, the sex symbol, let's take her now, <laughs> poor woman, she's been dead a while, so, you know, we're not going to offend anybody <laughs> by bringing her into the picture. But, you know, <clears throat> if you think about it, I mean, obviously the woman had her own life and all that, but why, why did she become an icon? And you realize it's like this old news, it's an old hat, you know, but it's all because of a very basic mechanism of repeating an image yeah repeating an image so 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 one uh, gains power if you ask me i mean if i have to i would have to think a little more about this so maybe i'm talking nonsense but let's just say off the top of my head you know, uh, of my head you know if i have to launch into some um, idea i would say that uh, you gain power if you have the ability to to, to have a strong resolve to repeat a particular image at identity level about who you are and what you do, yeah? So when you talk about the whites and exhibiting superiority and all that, I would say that where the whites have been successful is exactly in this, you know, and that goes also for the for men's superiority over, over mm-hmm. women, yeah? Uh, it's, the same, it's the same mechanism. There like is no marketing. Difference. You think it's marketing, but do you absolutely, think that yeah, exactly, absolutely. So one repeats, um, and you can verbalize it. You can have uh, images, like real images, uh, photography. You know, I mean, <laughs> of anything. Yeah, um, graphic. Does that relate to sigils? Does that have anything to do with sigils? 
oh, you know, there are a lot of uh, magicians there. So if you, especially the branch of uh, in, in magic, you know, that's associated with, with this label, chaos, magic, <laughs> magic, chaos, magic. <laughs> so they will tell you that uh, this is a form of uh, hyper-sigilizing <laughs> where you, you, where you craft uh, an image. Again, you use graphics for that. Um, and that can be quite figurative. Like you can have a real, I mean, depict a, a, um, the, the face of a person, yeah, as, as you see them, as you perceive them, perceive them. Um, or else you can have something that's more abstract, yeah. But the the same idea is in place that you just fixate on it. So there, there has to be a, um, um, a process of fixating on the thing, which is actually. Um, the same as you fixate on the thing and then you make sure you send it forth or send it <laughs> around and you propagate. So there is there, there's these two things. You propagate, you fixate, and then you propagate. So it, it's all about that. So it's very, very similar. I mean, the chaos magicians, of course, they would say that what the, the big um, iconic, yeah, uh, uh, corporates, corporations, you know, like the McDonald's, I mean, their sigil, you know, the, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, banks also, it's very interesting to observe what banks, um, what logos banks use, you know. So there is always something that's right in your face, strong statement. <laughs> and there is no ambiguity. There is no impression here like, oh, I'm receiving some kind of a message. <laughs> no, no, no. So so um, it's almost as if it starts with having a strong vision of what you want. Um, and then uh, you fixate on that. And then you make sure you repeat um, in few words, because otherwise it gets too much and people can't, uh, you know, our attention span. I mean, the fact that we don't have any is not a new thing. <laughs> it goes way back. Um, so you, you have to keep it simple. Yeah. So you, you fix it on that image. You verbalize yeah, what the intent behind it uh, is, what the vision is, what the vision is. And then you make sure you act in such a ways that will... Um, embody that vision yeah so we also operate with some sense of embodiment this is tanya pinkins that was part one of my conversation with camelia elias a phd author um, educator uh, diviner come back for part two Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.